Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. This is Jeff T from the Club 520 Podcast. When it comes to your feet, eBay's got your back. When you see the blue check mark that says authenticity guaranteed, that means real experts are checking your sneakers. Every stitch down to the sole. They even smell them because nothing says fresh like the scent of real kicks. So kick back and relax. From the drop to your doorstep, eBay doesn't play games with your sneaker game. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay authenticity guaranteed. Visit ebay.com for terms. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. The volume. What up, y'all? It's T-Bop from Snaps, presented by FanDuel. Now, we're a college football show, but I'm a massive NBA fan. Now, I'm a Pelicans fan, which could be a trying existence at times, and well, the news about Zion's been no fun lately, but whatever. I love the NBA, right? And if you love the NBA, there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. But why, T-Bob? Well, the app is safe, secure, it's easy to use. Uh, FanDuel has exclusive offers, boosts, and you know stuff going on all the time. Uh, when you win, very importantly, you get paid fast. And FanDuel has lots of ways to play, okay? Spread, money line, over-unders, totals, player props, individual same-game parlays, multi-game parlays. It's all there with the live betting. It doesn't matter if you're running up late. You got to your party late. You're hanging out with the fellas, the girlfellas, whatever the point is. Live betting, I mean, you can jump right in. You can bet with your friends, and you too can be cheering for these same things. So, what are you waiting for? Okay, download the FanDuel app today, and let's start to make every moment more with FanDuel. Promo code SNAPS. Yo, what's going on, everyone, and welcome in to a brand new edition of Snaps. Unfortunately, the last February Snaps for mm. this year, as it is already mm. February 28th, the only month that's a perfect, uh, perfect numerically satisfying four weeks of seven days is nearly at an end. And guess what, Aaron? After today, I feel validated in saying that we are going to march into the future. Uh, welcome into Snaps. Uh, we got a lot to talk about today, okay? This is a daily college football podcast. We are live at the Volume Sports uh, YouTube channel, youtube.com slash the volume. If you're listening in the future on, and you ever want to watch live, you can come out there, you can come chat with us, you come hit the like button and please the algorithmic gods that rule our existence. Uh, also, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts, you want to have the show, rate it, review it. All right, on the docket today, uh, we got some Georgia talk for all you dogs as big news as 
a, a noted name is going to be returning to Athens. Um, we have USC, Luck, or you get it. Um, we're going to look at the SC defense, right? As we all knew just how, look, we all knew USC was lucky with turnovers last year. I don't know if we quite realized the extent of it or maybe how dire things actually are over there in Los Angeles. Uh, we will rely on our own QB1, Aaron Murray, to give his opinions on Anthony Richardson's, Anthony Richardson's season as Combine Week is here, and one of the big four is not going to throw or work out at the Combine. We got a little trouble in Gainesville as Billy Napier's squad has a key departure late from the coaching staff and a bit of an LSU, uh, bit of LSU hiring news, which a little digging has made a bit more interesting. Than I thought it was maybe initially, and uh, it has led to a coach entering our radar, our sphere that may give Marcus Freeman a run for being the best looking coach in college football. Uh, so we hope you uh, hang out with us here for this next hour. Uh, if, if you are in the chat, you can go to get your comments there. As always, uh, we will read them throughout the show. I'm one of your hosts, T. Bob Abear, joined as always by Aaron Murray. Aaron, what's up, man? Man, just so excited to do the show with you once again. Happy Tuesday, yeah. happy end of February, and we're ready for March. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. I'm excited. Um, there you go. I'm trying to think. Anything else? Fanduel, right? Sign up for Fanduel promo code SNAPS. Great deals going on constantly. If you want to bet the NBA, uh, I have stopped betting the NBA because I just keep betting the Pelicans, and they suck now. It's awful. <laughs> you know who doesn't suck, Aaron Murray? The Georgia Bulldogs. And mm. even though I tried my best to get Glenn Schumann out of there, I talked about him maybe going to Alabama. I talked about all this stuff. And he even did multiple interviews with the Philadelphia Eagles, or as you say, Philadelphia Eagles, uh, following the departure of uh, their own defensive coordinator. Uh, but alas, it was not meant to be. Glenn Schumann, the young Wunderkin, officially returning to Georgia. And it begs the question, Aaron. As we start to move into the new college football season, right? Spring football right around the corner. We saw Kirby mm -hmm. after national championship. One, two, three. That man threw up a third finger for a national championship. Let's have a little discussion about what the biggest key is to UGA maybe repeating for a third time, row, keeping this dynasty rolling. And is that key Glenn Schumann? It, it, it helps tremendously. You're talking about a defense that gave up 10 points per game Two years ago, last year gave up 14 points per game, number one defense uh -oh. in the SEC. So you have all that. You have the coaching staff. You have – it's Kirby's baby. Obviously, Kirby was a hell of a defense coordinator when he was at Alabama. really gave him the opportunity to take that leap to the head coaching spot there at the University of Georgia. So you have one of the best defensive minds in all of the game, and Kirby Smart, who's a head guy, who obviously we've, we've talked about the responsibilities of head coaches, have, has a lot on his plate. But still, he's going to focus on the defensive side of the football because he's had Munkin who can deal with the offense. I, I guarantee he completely trusts Bobo. Bobo is going to have complete control of that side of the football. He's going to focus on, hey, how can I help Muschamp? How can I help Schumann? And that's where he's going to be. So you got that guy. You got Muschamp, who also is one of the top defensive minds in all of college football. And then you got Schumann, one of the best defensive minds as well, a little bit younger on that side. So to keep all three of those guys there together, 
working in unison to game plan each and every week to understand like, hey, I'll take this, you take that, and we're going to put together this master game plan for each and every Saturday. I love it. If he would have left, I don't think there would have been as this, this just huge drop-off. I think it would have sucked if he went to Alabama, if he went to a competitor because he's that good. But if he mm -hmm. would have went to the NFL and we didn't have to worry about facing him and his defense this season, Georgia, as I say that, I would have been perfectly fine and I would have trusted completely that 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 Kirby and Muschamp would go out there and put together a defense that would still probably be the number one defense in the SEC next season. They're that talented. They've recruited that well. And you still have two of the best defensive minds in college football. So retaining him's great. They would have lost him. They would have been just fine. I think the biggest get is the fact that they knew Munkin was leaving. They knew yep. it. They knew Munkin was going to head on his way out at some point. They brought in Bobo a year ago, and they were able to now pick him, put him perfectly into that OC position without any hiccup when it comes to the schematics of that offense with, or the, the terminology or anything like that. So that machine and that train can keep going down the track. So to me, bigger get Bobo a year ago to set up the plan for him to take over OC than Schumann returning this season. I don't know that anyone in the year of our Lord 2023 would agree that you can describe Mike Bobo as the biggest get. Uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to say that there weren't many people banging down Mike Bobo's door to come be an offensive coordinator with them. Uh, especially not given the fact that him and Kirby Smart are literal frat brothers or literal teammates like were they actually in a fraternity when they were at georgia do you know yeah bobo was not okay. i think okay. kirby may have been in a fraternity either uh, way my, 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 my point is obvious like, you know, okay he's not I'm a big the, get i'm saying the master plan no no i'm not saying the 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 plan that was in place you always talk about chess because you're a chess guy you're always playing yeah, hell yeah. one or two moves ahead Kirby was playing one or two moves ahead here. He was he was setting up for this moment. <laughs> okay. So in chess, um, questionable moves that are objectively bad. And remember, in chess is a fascinating game yeah. because of like chess engines and everything and AI and computers. We can see moves. Like there's actual point values to moves based on what will play out after those moves, mm -hmm. right? So there are objectively good and bad moves. An objectively bad move a lot of time is called a blunder. Just because you make a move does not make it good. So I agree. Kirby Kirby made it. Kirby made good a move. move, but it very much remains to be seen if Mike Bobo is a blunder or an exclamation mark. Okay. So, so my uh, question, UT, I'm gonna yeah. throw it back at you. Yeah, Would the defense? I'm gonna throw it. Get ready to catch this bitch. Would the defense have taken a significant drop back? Sorry for those listening. I just threw T-Bob a beautiful spiral. Right breast cheek. Not cheek. What? I guess just right breast plate. Yeah. Caught yeah, in stride. He was gone. Here we go. T, if, if, if he would have left and gone to the Eagles with, with Muschamp and Kirby, obviously there, would the defense have taken that big of a step back? Uh, no, because the defense has exactly. the best players in the country. Right? So exactly. I, And like you said, it's Kirby's side of the ball. So where I'm saying exactly is – I agree with you. The Glenn Schumann news is actually, it's nice, but it's not like back. Yeah. Like the main, the, the, the main thing, as you said, the main thing the Glenn Schumann news did was avoid 
the hypothetical of him going to competitor. Like it's almost like yeah. retaining him means less mm-hmm. than not letting an opponent get him. Uh, yes. So if you've gone to the NFL, no harm, no foul. If we're talking about the obvious keys to Georgia repeating once again, um, it is Mike Bobo. But that's the thing. I don't know if that's good or bad. And, and I hate to be reductive here, Aaron, but it's 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 like very obvious what the biggest key is. And it's whoever's going to be the new quarterback. Is it Carson Beck? Like, who is it? Whatever. And Mike Bobo. And can they recreate the success of Stetson and Munkin? Because regardless of what you think about Stetson, I know all you Bulldog fans hate him nowadays, and I, I completely understand why. Um, we are now firmly off of Stetson getting a statue. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know. If, I don't know if you are you willing to take that stance publicly yet, Aaron? Are you are you still are you are you on or off Stetson having a statue outside? Great way to Boston? find out by asking him. <laughs> hey, yeah, so we have his opinion. Are you willing to share it publicly? Yeah, no, 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 no. That is my opinion. That's in as that's in as poison the statue. Well, I'm saying be a man. I, and he, as he, did, mildly, he did. Poison it it. No, no, he did. He poisoned it. Say oh, it with wow. your chest. He. Uh, God, now you get me stuck in that voice. Uh, he poisoned it a little bit. I, I do think that the the momentum that could have been created. I mean, Stetson, he could have literally. And I, I you, this is your fault because I have not what? talked about Stetson for two weeks. This is your fault for bringing this topic up right now. So I don't want to hear any bitch in a moment about oh, Aaron always talks about Stetson. T. Bob brought this topic up. This was not on the rundown. So this is T. Bob. Not fault. on the rundown. That is true. That is he true. could have during the the parade got in front of him and said, "Damn, you know what, guys." That mailman statue out front of the Sanford Stadium is going to look pretty damn good. And everyone would have lost their mind. And everyone would be like, hell yeah, let's build a statue for Stetson. Oh, my God. He's the GOAT. Like, that would have been awesome. And that would have like, yeah. just put a rocket on the back of it. And everyone would have been banging on Josh Brooks's door. Give him a statue. Give him a statue. Give him a statue. So, yes, the momentum was killed. And it hasn't. It has not been talked about at all, living in the state of Georgia. Not once have I heard since the parade. Before the parade, we heard a lot about it. Leading up to the national championship, we heard a lot about it. Since the parade, the only thing that you've heard is the sour taste of what happened. Do you agree with Setson? Do you not agree with Setson? Are people still mad? No talk about it. No, I don't don't think people are mad. I, I still, I think it just people, that's the, that's the last thing they think about. It's, now. It, it, like it's bad. That's and they think of what happened at the parade. They're not yeah. talking about the statue. So yeah, it, it lost all of its steam. I don't think it's going to happen. It's anymore. like, it, it, it's not like you ate something that is so disgusting that you're a child and you're like spitting it out on the ground or like a napkin or something, yeah. but you, you, you ate something where at first you're like, okay, it tasted pretty damn good, but then afterwards you get kind of this aftertaste. Like mm, 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 it's yeah. got a weird mouth feel. You're like I don't really know how I feel about it. I don't actively dislike it, but it's kind of better out of sight, out of mind, for right now. And then, and then you have the arrest and everything, which isn't backbreaking or anything. And he, you know, I'm not sitting in a moral or ethical place of judgment, right? I, I don't care about Stetson drinking too much and getting confused about which house he was going to but it but it but it does lean into the bad aftertaste but here, here, here's my question here's my question though because as i said uh replacing munkin and stetson right with with bobo and, and we'll yeah. just say beck is that fair to say like do you think beck's gonna yeah, win the it, job carson. okay it's, it's carson's job to lose so replacing it with those two i mean it is a major question if they can recreate that success and we had cody brunet and the chatter says ah george doesn't play anybody they're gonna be good you are right and as far as the schedule works out, there is not a more friendly schedule in the entire country to figure out your new quarterback. 
and your new OC. But that's also a schedule that's not really going to prepare you for playoff time. Like, you're not going to play anybody good. You're not going to play anybody that's actually going to stress you. How do we figure out where we are deficient, Aaron? Why do you, why, when you like uh, develop a product, are you building? What do you do? You do literal stress testing on it. You want to see how's it going to hold up? Like, how's my phone going to hold up if I dunk it in water? What if I throw it against mm-hmm. the wall? Uh, Georgia's building an iPhone, only the extent of their testing is throwing it on a pillow and being like, oh, look, it's collision proof. It's good to go. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you may beat the fuck out of like Bethune. Damn it, too early. You may beat the hell out of like Bethune Cookman. No, you're good. 16 minutes. Oh, we're in. good. Okay, we're cool. So you may be the hell out of Bethune Cookman or something, but that's not going to prepare you for the SC championship or the playoffs and make no mistake. uh, That's the expectation Mm -hmm. for Georgia. It's not even just to make the playoffs. It's to win it and then win the natty. And so if you really look at the value of Munkin and Stetson, as good as they were on a week to week basis, there is no doubt that their ultimate value came in shining in the biggest moments against the best teams. That's incredibly hard to recreate. It's Stetson's biggest feather in his entire career uh, at at Georgia. And I don't know, like, I don't care what the stats are in the regular season. I don't know that it's as easy as, oh, yes, uh, Mike Bobo and Hudson Card will be able to do the exact same thing that Stetson and 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 Monkey did last year or for where, the last two years. Where did you years. get Hudson Card? Where did you get Hudson what is Card that? from? Oh, oh, I combined Hudson Mason Carson and Carson Beck. Beck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did like a little Hudson. And Hudson, Hudson Card, Card was Texas a uh, Texas quarterback. No, no, no. I know, yeah. I know. But I, I keep doing it. I, I did it in my head pre-show. I wrote down Hudson Card like multiple times by accident. I don't know why. It's a weird Hudson Mason Beck Card. You you get it. You you understand what? Yeah. Where where does the card come from? Um, just from the Hudson part. So I was thinking Georgia quarterbacks, Carson, Beck, Carson, Card, Hudson. It's it's all, you know. It's, it's, I don't know, dude. This is my brain, okay? It's, it's I agree, I, I agree. Uh, but, but, and I know this but is the, super the cliche stands, to say. Stands, right, that's ahead. the biggest hurdle to repeating. Can yeah, those guys not be good during the regular season? Can they be good when it matters most? And I know this is super coach speaky to say. But it is true because I've I've witnessed this. I've been there. I've seen it. The way they get after it in practice and the way that defense and how good that defense will be this year, they're going to face the best defense in the country every single day during spring ball, during summer, during fall camp, every day of practice and during the fall season. They're going to get tested. I get it. Like It is different because there's no repercussions. If you throw an interception, you throw a pick six. There's no six points going on the board. If you don't drive the ball down the field and put the ball in the end zone, it doesn't matter because you're usually just doing four or five play sessions where the ball, no matter what, you throw a 40-yard pass, it gets brought right back to the line of scrimmage where you just you had the initial play. It's hard to recreate a game atmosphere, but there's also the ability to stress you out, though, based on the defense that you're going to face. And we've been talking about it for the past 15 minutes, how good this defense is going to be next year. You have three of the best defensive minds in the game. You have some of the most talented defensive players in the country. You're probably going to have a top two, three defense in the country that you are going to see that is going to test you every single day of practice. That's going to make you better. You ask those kids, you ask them for the past two years, what is harder? Your schedule, the SEC championship, the playoffs, national championship. They will tell you what we do Monday through Friday and the way we practice and the way we get after the way we compete is harder than those games. So, so, 
That is as is, that is as good. We as might need a cliche counter for Aaron. <laughs> I mean, dude, the, the amount of the amount of cliches in the Monday through Friday portion of that answer is just unbelievable. But, but dude. not every coach does it, though. Not every coach, not every coach, because there's a lack of depth. There, 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 there is maybe a lack of schedule competitiveness. Have to do what Kirby does. That's he fair. is he is given the opportunity to to practice the way that he practices because of the fact he knows he is a very deep team, too deep that could all start. He does know that he has a pretty weak schedule, and this is his opportunity to kind of push those guys to the limit because 80% of the games this year, the starters are going to be on the bench halfway through the game. So they're going to get plenty of rest on Saturday. I can push them yeah. a little bit harder Monday through Friday. That's true. Um, yeah. also look, uh, Slowpoke Gonzalez says, don't let him shake you, Aaron, stick to the script. Uh, yes, right. I know I was having a laugh at Aaron's expense there with cliches, but I'm a firm believer in cliches, right? Like you only become a cliche if enough people found real wisdom in whatever thought it is that is now cliche. Right. So like, yeah, the, the Monday through Friday were like, like, I, I guess when I've been a part of teams, um, in any realm, but in sports, certainly mm-hmm. you have success when you can get people to really buy into that kind of cheesy cliche stuff, right? When they buy into, okay, we're going to work our ass off in practice because we're going to make each other better and games will be easy. And I went through a bit of that. Now I was never part of a great offense. Like you saw the last two years out of Georgia, but like without a doubt, when I was at LSU, I mean, practicing against like Michael Brockers and Patrick Peterson and Tyron Matthew and like mm-hmm. all these incredible players every day. Yes, a lot of times Saturday was easier, but when you ran up against a really good team, it you could still be a bit exposed. So yeah. we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll see, man. The the problem with this argument is we really won't see until playoff time. <laughs> like like until That's the it. SEC championship, pretty much. You're not going to be challenged. Uh, so that would be my biggest obstacle. Avo Marzwanian asked a good question. Would Stetson be too cool to attend his own statue reveal? I would, I would love nothing more. Depends <laughs> on how much media is there. Yeah, exactly, right? Like somebody's going to ask him a question about the statue. He's like, really? Here? Now? I can't believe No one it. believed I would ever get a statue. <laughs> and no one what believed, you, no one believed the statue media? would be as cool as it looks. We're kind of feeding into that a little bit. Uh, as we say, oh, Stetson does yeah. not deserve a statue. Uh, okay, so we are in agreement, though. The biggest hurdle, like the, the biggest key, I guess you could say, to UJX, any of their dynasty, is Bobo and Beck. Yes or no? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, okay, yes, for yes, sure. yes, yes, yes. 100%. 100%. Yes. It's, it's very obvious. Even though, yeah, yeah. Because at some point, because it's happened the past two runs, at some point, you're going to have a day defensively where it doesn't work and the offense has to be special. Alabama, Natty, first year. Um, and then obviously Ohio State this year. Defense wasn't getting the job done. Offense had to step up and win the football game. So, like, you may go, and I think we both anticipate, they may go 12 games of the season and average points per game is probably going to be 10, around 10. So, all you need is two touchdowns yeah. to win. That's doable. But you're going to face an LSU in the SEC championship, most likely, with Jaden and those receivers and that running game and that offensive line. You're going to face a really good offense that's going to be able to score. Can you match that when, when, when the crunch time comes? Can you match if you face Ohio State again? If USC gets their stuff together on defense, you know they're going to score points now outside the football. You're going to have to have a game where you're going to have to score in the mid-40s 
to maybe even low 50s to win. So yes, the key to winning it is going to be can Bobo and Carson step up in crunch time. All right. So speaking of USC, that is topic number two on today's show. Actually, real quick, Charles Clark says, who are the top teams that could give UGA a run for their money this upcoming season? Uh, just real quick off the talk ahead, it's easy to go chalky here. Ohio State certainly and Alabama, right? And, and LSU as LSU. well. Uh, oh, still- Alabama is not going to be good this year. Well, they'll be good. They're not going to be elite. JLab has something for everyone with earbuds and headphones that are as versatile as you are. Perfect for calls, listening to podcasts, and working out. They are built for every single moment. JLab is proud to partner with powerhouse college athletics. UCLA, Duke, Gonzaga, Indiana, St. John's, TCU, Vanderbilt, Arkansas, Minnesota, San Diego State, and more. From lively tailgates to coaches' play calling and courtside rivalries to college athletics and IL deals, JLab joins the action and connects with 182 million plus college sports fans nationwide. They're excited to partner with 17 D1 college schools showcasing their passion and loyalty of fans and athletes across the United States. Whether creating cutting-edge tech products or pursuing athletic greatness, being the best takes hard work and commitment. JLab is proud to partner with schools who are showcasing the hard work, perseverance, and even the championship celebrations across all college sports. Use code SNAPS25 for 25% off your order, visit jlab.com to find your kind of tech. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bowl flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from 
crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then he's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what so. I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so you're calling two regular season losses. Are you scared of Tennessee at all? No. Um, I, a little bit. I am. Yeah. Let me answer for yeah, my client. No. No, we are not scared of Tennessee. Mm. Uh, there is no reason to be scared of Tennessee. They had their best team this last year. They will not be as good next year, and they didn't even get close to <sighs> sniffing Georgia. So, no, nobody's scared. Yeah. Kirby's got that offense down. Back-to-back seasons of holding that team under 20 points. They, 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 they had the secret sauce to slow down what Hypo wants to do. Um, mm. I'm not sold on Bama, though. I'm telling you, like they, they, they do not have a quarterback that I feel good about. And if you don't have a quarterback, because I love the position, you're in trouble. I trust Jaden. Uh-huh. I trust LSU. I, I think I, Alabama's a I, team. I trust Jaden as well. I just think that, um, like, I don't care if. I don't even know. I, I like. I don't care what question marks they have. Right, Alabama has earned the right of. I will just expect them to rebuild and probably be the favorite to win the West. Although we can form all kind of brand new, out. brand new OCDC. I know. New I know. quarterbacks. New defense. Uh, They're going to lose. Yeah, four guys in the first round of the NFL draft. They're going to lose yep. two guys in the top five of the NFL draft. Yep. And they were a, a really good team, not elite team last year. How do you get better from that? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, like, but that Bama's doesn't make sense not- to get to get two new coordinators who yeah. aren't significantly better coordinators than what you already had. So it's not like you're getting an upgrade at the coordinator position. You're getting a major downgrade at the quarterback spot, at the running back spot, at the defensive end spot, at the corner spot, and everyone else is getting better. I, I just don't see the correlation of, of why we why you are so scared of that Alabama A that you think they're going to be an undefeated team next year. Like, it ain't going to happen. I want to say that the last time Kirby Smart replaced both coordinators in a single year, or excuse me, last time Nick Saban did that was after 2007, and he replaced him with Jim McElwain and Kirby Smart, and they went on to win the Natty. That year. So all I'm saying is Alabama's That's got a bit different of different you know, person. It is different. I'm not saying it's one to one. The not coordinator, especially the yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like here's what I would say. Alabama's got a bit of the feel. It's like the old horror movie trope, right? That the bad guy's never really dead. Like you think you got him, you stabbed him. Oh my god, I'm finally gonna survive. And then he shoots up one more time, and it's like the Empire strikes back, he gets that final kill in. Uh, I think. Yeah, I think I, I whatever. I'm just not doubting Nick Saban. Is all I'm saying. Like, hmm. I, I I don't think it's. I get what you're saying. I don't think it's crazy to say when we say what are the biggest hurdles to Georgia to name Ohio State, Alabama, and LSU. Um, I think maybe Penn. I think if if you eh, maybe Penn State. If USC, ah, bro. Okay, well let's defense you, a little bit. Well, we're so that is such, that is such a massive if, and let's get into it right now. Oh yeah, I've titled yeah. this USC lucky or fucky, because when you <laughs> look at last season, they were both lucky and fucky, um, as they had, oh, and we knew about it during the year, right? But but doing a little year end review kind of shows just how extreme it was. They had extreme turnover luck 
last season. They were otherwise not just bad, but awful defensively, uh, astoundingly. So, I mean, look, as, as bad as these stats are, 29 points a game, that's 93rd in the country. 423 yards per game, 106 in the country. But, Aaron, here's the number that is going to blow your mind. USC allowed a 6.5 yards per play. 6.5 yards per play. That's 124th in the entire country. Oof. Do you know do you know how hard it is to give up six and a half yards of play? I feel like oh. you can sleepwalk and trip and fall into better numbers than that. And then you say, oh, but team up, so they force a lot of turnovers, right? But I mean, so like at a certain point, we got to give the coaches have credit for that, right? Maybe they knew they had a bad defense and they played mm -hmm. an aggressive style and it led to the force a lot of turnovers. And certainly some of that is true. But when you look at data, when you aggregate the data and you look at it on a macro scale, you can start to establish some baseline numbers of how often things should be working out in your favor, right? And it's interesting. Um, when it comes to fumbles, over time, that's a 50-50 split. It's like a coin flip. Like over time, it will always basically come out to about 50% if you zoom out far enough. Last year, USC recovered 78% of their opponent's fumbles, 18 of the 23 they recovered the first nine in the first game alone, so already you're seeing some insane luck on the fumble front. Now, what about interceptions? Um, the normal rate on passes defensed that result in being intercepted is about 21%. Out of 37 breakups last year, USC had 19 picks. So you are talking about well over uh, what should be expected from everything else that we have as far as data points go. And I think maybe most notably, Aaron, and most damning for the Trojans is this last little piece right here, where we all saw what happened to USC and the Pac-12 championship, mm -hmm. right? We saw what happened to the against Tulane. They got uh, their asking the Pac-12 championship, and they had the worst collapse, um, you know, probably a top 10 bad collapse of all time against Tulane mm -hmm. in that Cotton Bowl. Well, what happened in those games? Their fumble luck actually held. They recovered five of the seven fumbles, which is a bit absurd. What did not hold, um, eight passes defensed, zero interceptions. And what happened in those two games? They allowed a combined 93 points, 1,072 yards, and a mind-boggling 8.9 yards Ooh. per play. Against Utah and Tulane, they basically gave up a first down every single play. That is so bad that I don't – like, they could improve by 200% and still be below average defensively. I mean, I it just feels like way too much to fix to expect USC to be a contender next season. Uh, but they were a contender this year. Like, let's just be honest. Like, they Not were really contenders. Though. I don't think uh, they were. That's what I'm saying. I think they I think were a game away from being, being lucky. They were they were a game away from being in the playoffs this year. So yes, you can't say they were not at the end of the season contenders. And they were winning that that, that Pac-12 championship game. They were up, and then they crapped the bed. But they were up. They were one win away. Probably and about then a got half blown out in the second half. Yeah, I but mean, were they not contenders not. in the well, last get, week of the season? Aaron's were they point, not yeah, contenders yeah. to get into the playoffs? That's fair. You were right. So that you're is telling fair. me. Yeah. That a team that was a half a game away from being one of the top four teams in America to have an opportunity to play in the playoffs, bringing back a Heisman quarterback, 
can't get a little bit better on defense and 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 win that second half to be able to make it to the playoffs. Is that what you're telling me? What, well, what I'm saying is a little bit will not be good enough. They're going to have to get a lot better if they actually – maybe not to make the playoffs. Like, I feel you there, right? Maybe not to make the playoffs because – I don't know about though, making man. the playoffs. I mean, you know, I, I, I know, I know, but now I'm thinking about like Washington and trying to shut down Michael Penix and everything next year to board company. I think, um, I, 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 I think it's too much to overcome in the end. I, I think it's going to hold them back. And I think for the second year in a row, you'll be talking about, and probably for the upteenth year in a row, you'll be talking about an incredible Lincoln Riley offense with a reigning Heisman champion who gets screwed over by Alex Grinch and that defense. As Thomas Dare says in the chat, USC, you got pegged. By the way, Thomas Dare actually in the you same office, a uh, little WeWork place as I am. So shout out Thomas. He's a, Couple offices down. So the entire time he was just hearing me yell, "You got pegged out of this little room that I'm in." It's an interesting schedule. It's an interesting schedule. You have to go on the road against Notre Dame. You get Utah at home. You get Washington at home. Then you have to go on the road versus Oregon, which is 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 going to be a doozy. Mm. Like the Pac-12 is going to be really good. I, I think we can we can kind of agree on that. Like you look at the Pac-12 this upcoming season. USC right. is going to be a contender. Oregon's going to be a contender. Utah's going to be a contender. Washington's going to be a contender. Um, they have four really good football teams. Really good yeah, football okay. teams. I would say. So all you're doing is teams. all you're doing is convincing me that USC no, that I they don't it. stand a chance. But, but but I'll say this: we've had back-to-back seasons now, and I don't know if this is going to play a factor or not. We've had back-to-back seasons in which a conference has put in two teams from the same conference into the playoffs. I still view the Pac-12, what they have next year, better than the ACC. Um, they'll be comparable to the Big 12 with when it comes to, to the talent. And I think they may actually have a, a, a better top of the funnel than the Big 12 does. If you do have a team that is a one-loss conference championship, so if USC does stumble along the way but finds a way to win the conference championship or in Oregon or in Washington – I think that you still get in with a one-loss team. So there isn't a sense of like a Pac-12 team has to go undefeated. I, I would put in a one-loss Pac-12 team over a one-loss Big 12 team. I put them in over a one-loss ACC team. I think they 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 earned respect this past year. I think what they're going to bring next year with talent, they're going to earn some respect. So they don't need to be undefeated to get in. So you can't have one essentially bad weekend and still make the playoffs. So what happens when every weekend's a bad weekend because you're giving up seven yards of play and you don't force turnovers at an outlier rate anymore? Like even some of those games, like they they didn't get lucky to win, but they were in some battles, right? It wasn't oh, yeah. like they just cruised and then uh, they, they got upset a couple of times. Like, no, they they too won their fair share of close shaves. So, mm -hmm. yeah, no, and, and I didn't say undefeated, right? No, I think this is a bad enough defense to result in multiple losses so yeah i uh God, what happened to the petite trojan boy like you fucking turned on them so fast uh, over here what are you gonna do i you mean you turned that first. horse you turned first, I did turn first. true I or did false turn first. okay exactly exactly no so <laughs> i got off that pony I'll, you know what happened to the petite trojan boy 8.9 mm -hmm. yards per play in the pac-12 championship 
and yeah. in the Cotton Bowl against, against a group Tulane. Of five and yeah. I do not mean that disrespectfully to Tulane, although I guess no, there's you do. no it, it, way. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I was about yeah, to say, no, 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 no. Everybody <laughs> relax. Everybody relax. No, 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 no. Tulane. No, 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 no. I did not mean it disrespectfully. Tulane. More like home. Tulane. Your home. No, Your no, damn. No, no, no. And, that's and, some and, and LSU naughtiness over there in the state of Louisiana. Uh, I'm sorry, bro. We were looking for Poulane, uh, not too lame. Okay, keep up. Um, we do we do uh, poop jokes here on snaps, but no. Look, I, I I'm just saying like Tajay Spears is a dog, and I hope the Saints draft Tajay Spears. That's Tulane's running back. He was a beast. I don't think that Tulane's offense was overwhelming last year. They were good. They were they were good, very good, even, but. Not, 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 not to the extent at which they should have been able to do what they did against SC. So we'll see. But no, like, like, what is what is Alex Grinch's track record? What does it show us in the past that should make us hopeful for the future? The same way we're always ripping on Venables about like yeah. what has been like we have nothing to pull from to look to hope for the future. Well, you really have nothing to pull from for Grinch. Like any any improvement that he made was kind of met with like almost one step forward, two steps back. So we'll see. And look, I, I reserve the right to change my mind closer to the season or the beginning of the year. Like if we turn on that USC film and it no longer looks like they have a um, Friday night seven-man football, uh, small high school defense out there, then yeah. Like like if all of a sudden they got like Cedric Ellis and guys like that, like, you know, just big guys like they used to have back today, sure. Then I'll get back on that bandwagon. But if that personnel comes out and I see that dude, Mike Jones, at 6'5 and 200 pounds there, middle linebacker, uh, I can't I can't get there. I can't get there. Like, you, 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 yeah, Ooh. exactly, bro. That is, that is the career. I don't even know if his name's Mike Jones, um, to be fair. Um, so I don't know why I put a name on it. Uh, we'll see. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. All right. Um, other topics for today. Anything else on USC, Aaron? So, so you, you believe that the offense is good enough for Grinch and them can get it done? Yes, I do. If, 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 if you had, if I, if I had to pick a team today that I feel the best to make if the Pac-12 was going to put a team in the playoffs, USC is it. I just think Caleb is that talented and that much of a of a, a Patrick Mahomes generational type quarterback that that can do stuff like the 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 what he, what what he did, Caleb Williams, what he did from year one to year two. Because I I wasn't sold. I'm not going to lie. You know, watching him at Oklahoma when he took over for Rattler end of the season, he, he was a little bit reckless at times. He was a little bit all over the place little bit too backyard as football and i was like okay I, I i can see it a little bit but i don't know if i believe it if he can be an elite quarterback and then the jump he made which you always see a big jump from year one to year two the jump he made from year one to year two obviously great talent there at usc around him but he had great talent in oklahoma taking care of the football playing a little bit within you know more within the scheme there's still that backyard football to him a little bit taking care of the football he's a heisen trophy winner for goodness sakes if he can make even a fraction of a jump forward in year three, because he's still a young kid, he's still improving, he's still getting mentally and physically better every single day. If he can take half that improvement into year three, he will be untouchable. This offense will be untouchable. Third year under that system with that coach, you're talking about an offense that could easily be the best offense in the country. So yes, he is that good, and that offense is that good to hmm. mask a lot of the issues on that football team. He's the best quarterback the only- in America. There's no one close to as good as him besides maybe Drake at UNC. I agree. I guess the only thing is like, 
they were all of that last year. And, and I feel you. Like, they can be that and then more so A this year more. potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe that ends up making up for, you know, nine yards of play. We'll see. Uh, what does the film tell you about Michael Penix, though, bro? Can I interest I you in like any Penix? I do like Michael. And a little Penix pump? What do you think? I love a good Penix pump. I like uh, all those quarterbacks. I like yeah. I like all of them. I like Penix. I like our boy at Oregon, uh, Bo. I think Bo, Bo was next. tremendous last year. Um, Cam Rising obviously plays well in big time moments. Like I mean, I take all of them. I take take Cam Rising still there. He's banged up. I, think, I don't know how much he's going to miss the season. I would take any of those dudes in a heartbeat. Caleb is different. Okay, we know it. Yeah. You know it. Everyone knows it. He's different. So that's a little QB talk from QB one, and we're going to keep the QB train rolling as. Look, guys, I don't want to get anybody too excited, okay? But Sports Center Special, 4 p.m., Mel Kiper, 2.0 mock draft is about to drop, dude. Get fucking hyped. Um, and it's combine week in the NFL. And I thought this was a bit interesting uh, because you have four quarterbacks, as we discussed yesterday. Now, you got four major quarterbacks that are competing basically to be the number one overall pick in the NFL. They will all be heading to the combine. Only one will not be throwing the ball, and it's the guy who has the most physical questions, right? As C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson all announce that they are going to throw at the Combine. Um, I'm not sure the Stroud and Levis front, but Anthony Richardson's going to be doing all of the testing because, mm -hmm. of course, he is, right? This is his time to shine. Like, this is where he starts to uh, separate and potentially rise. But Bryce Young, Alabama great, who's already going to have to sit there and get measured and be 5'10 and weigh in at about 200 pounds or whatever. Bryce Young has said he's not going to throw at the combine. He's going to wait till his pro day. Aaron, what do you think, dude? I'm not surprised. You know why? You know why? Why? Because, because he's, he's going to put on unnecessary weight that he will not look the same throwing the football, moving in and outside the pocket, running at oh. 40, doing a 5-10-5. That's what a lot of these guys do. Like if you're underweight for your position, you put on a shitload of weight, you go to the combine, that way you check off, hey, I measured in a 5'11", 205 pounds. You lose that weight, you get back to where you feel comfortable moving around, throwing a football, running at 40, doing a 5-10-5, doing a vertical, doing a broad, and then you don't weigh in at your pro day. And then you do all those events at your pro day. Boom. There you go. That way you check every box off. I threw up my pro day. I ran at my pro okay. day. I didn't weigh in. But now all of a sudden when people go to draft me, it says I'm 5'11", 205 pounds. And we all know Bryce Young ain't playing at 205 pounds. He is not. Really? He's he not even not playing at 200? No, he's not playing at 200. He's playing like at 190 at best. Ugh. But what if I told you I had a prospect that was like 6'6", 240? And ran like a four or five and could throw the ball 90 yards. What would that do for too you? Bad he's six, too bad he's six four, two forty, and not six six. Those two inches. Yeah. Oh no, 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 no. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. We all know that Anthony Richens actually six six, right? Am I crazy? No, like none no, of us not. are gonna accept that he's six four. No, Brum, can I get you back up here? Do you really I believe that Anthony Richens is six yes. four? And we no, six four. It doesn't make no. any sense. He's huge, dude. He's no. huge. He's probably like six seven. No. If we're being completely honest. No. Uh, now, no, no, now, Aaron. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm looking at ESPN right now. Six four two thirty two. He's not going That's to undersell himself year. on the media guy. They're not going to undersell him. They would get that. that was oh yeah, so he's just, 
he did a Michael Jordan just sprouted in, in college when you're you're essentially done growing as a uh, as a male. No, 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 no. That shit happens way more often than you think. People sure. continuing to grow after college. Yes, it does, dude. A hundred percent. A hundred percent during college. He's young. He's not even like twenty-two years old yet. Trey Murphy, one of the Pelicans players, grew like over an inch over the offseason. Too bad they won't freaking play him. Um, speaking of Bryce Young. Now you've got me thinking, Aaron, and and Brum, I, I don't know if you can if it's too much to come up with a picture on the fly. But Aaron, did you ever see a couple of years ago when James Harden was trying to force his way out of Houston and he just showed up like super fat? Yeah. And then somehow yes. lost the weight in like five days. Like, what if Bryce Young shows up and he's just got this like big gut? He's a little oh. pudgy in the face. And he, he weighs at like 215, dude. Just wants to show him he can carry the weight. Oh, and then just God. sheds it in like three weeks. Goes on a you know, did we ever and, get and, and just crushes it? Did we ever get like uh, uh, did I miss an athletic article or like a deep dive into how James Harden did that? It's it's still one of the did he have a bodysuit on? Like it's still one of the great mysteries. Oh, it was pretty sloppy. Yeah, it, it was, was sloppy, sloppy. But, then, but then he looked pretty svelte. Like the he day did, after he, he lose all silly. that weight in like three weeks. So like there was yeah. like so like he had the nagging hamstring injury and you could you know of like you could really change your like the look of your body composition. Okay, that's true. That in yeah, three, that's in true. three weeks. That's true. Yeah. Um, shout out Bryce. Especially when you have millions of dollars and can pay for the best trainers, the best food, Correct. dietitians. Yeah, you could you can change pretty fast. Uh, Billy Napier, more like Billy. See uh late pure uh trouble in Gainesville yeah. as Billy Napier's offseason struggles continue. Not only has Florida just been an absolute laughing stock this offseason with the Jaden Rashada drama and all the NIL stuff and you know agreeing to pay a college kid 13 million dollars, but it kind of uh, almost maybe fortuitously for Florida. I feel like that kind of led us to forgetting how sneaky awful the Gators were last year. I mean, you yeah. were talking about a Florida Gators team that fired Dan Mullen, who was consistently in the running for the East, pushing playoffs at times. Won the East um, the year before. Yeah, winning the East the year before, right? Like, like doing very, like, made, yeah. went from uh, completely different quarterbacks in, um, who do you have before Kyle Trask? So, like, Felipe Franks. And he's having success, yeah. and he goes to Kyle Trask, and all Emory of a sudden Jones, he's, a, Bay, he's yeah. a passer, and he's great, right? Like, so you go from that to in year one of Billy Napier, you lose to Kentucky, you lose to Tennessee, you lose to Vanderbilt, and then you put together what was by far the worst performance in the entirety of bowl season. Losing to Oregon State 30 to 3. It gives you your third loss in a row. It pushes you to six and seven. You lose your Top NFL quarterback prospect. Florida State's out here getting better. Miami's smashing them in recruiting. And now, after all of this, and then all the NIL drama, their wunderkind defensive coordinator, who admittedly was not very good last year, but this 32-year-old Patrick Tony is leaving to join the Arizona Cardinals staff. Not leaving to be Arizona Cardinals DC, but leaving just to join the staff. And this was a Napier guy. They were together four years at UL. He was supposed to be, as I said, one of the uh, kind of savants, one of the fast risers. And now he said after one year of Gainesville and Napier and the drama, he said, I'm out. I'm heading to the league. How concerned should Florida fans be? 
Well, I think they should be concerned with everything going on. I don't think this is like an eye-opening moment, like where this is the end-all, be-all. Like you, you lose coaches to the NFL. I'm not terrified of that. Like that, that to me, that's a good thing. You know, if an NFL wants to take your coach, whatever it is, you know, whether it is going from a defensive coordinator to a position coach, whatever that that is, that's the pinnacle of this game. The NFL is the best of the best of the best. Like we all strive. To, to play with the big boys, to be there in the NFL. So if, if, if you lost these coaches to say, you know, another competitor to maybe an even smaller school, then I would be concerned if they took a pay cut to go somewhere else. Then I'm like, okay, something's going on behind the scenes at Florida where everyone's kind of jumping shit. But these guys going to the NFL, good for them. That's the big boy league. Good for them. Go take that job. I, we've, I've told you a million times on the show, if I'm a coach and I have an opportunity to go to the NFL, I'm going to the NFL right now. If there's not a drastic pay yeah, change true. in pay, I'm getting the hell out of college. I'm going to the NFL. These guys are dealing with way too much BS besides just coaching football where they don't want to deal with it. So I get that. That's fair. That's it's fair. everything and, and, else that's going on. It's it's yeah. it's 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 the NIL drama. It's it's you're not even being able to fill the team last year. It's the you know doing good, not great in recruiting. Um and then you also, look at the just depth of the league. Like it just, you said it like there's, there's so many other problems right now with Florida. This is a, a, I would say the least of their problems. Also, I would say at 32 years old, he is kind of perfectly positioned where he could potentially get in the NFL for life, right? Or something close yeah. to it. Like if you can break into the fraternity at 32, it's kind of like now, now Joe Brady, I think had higher heights in college, but like Joe Brady will never come back to college unless he wants to go back to college. He will likely have a quarterback job, a wide receiver job, maybe even an OC again. Like, like he can spend the rest of his life in Their the big league. is pretty damn good too. Their new DC is pretty good. Arizona? Austin. Awesome. Are you talking about yeah, the, no, about the head coach? Are you talking about Gannon? No, I'm talking about Florida's new DC. Awesome. Oh, Armstrong, yes. Yeah. He's very talented. I actually had one of his games last year and talked to him for a long, long time. I mean, was was pegged. God damn it, we keep using this word too much. He was pegged to be the next uh, linebacker coach at Alabama. Was going to be to me on that fast track to be <laughs> <laughs> to be that next DC at Alabama, possibly. So they they scooped him early, brought him over to Florida. But I think he's he's one of those young, up and coming, really really good coaches. But the problem is with that, how long is he going to get? Like, you, do you do you want a young upcoming guy, or do you need some more? Like, I we got a badass that year one we're going to see this drastic change in our defensive performance because they need it. They do. I mean, yeah, Billy so Napier. All- if they don't get to seven wins next year will be out of a job. So as much as we just shit on USC, Florida's defense was just as bad. They gave up yeah. 29 points a game, same as SC. They gave up 5.9 yards per play, same as SC. Uh, actually a little bit under, but basically the same. And they allowed 50% third down conversions, which was 129. So they, they were awful under Tony. And I feel you, Austin Armstrong, it's funny. He spent about a month in Tuscaloosa. He was a Southern Miss defensive coordinator the last couple of years, and I didn't realize how good – I mean, Aaron, you obviously had called their games, but that Southern Miss defense was beast. They were third yeah. in the country in tackles for loss, fifth in sacks, seventh in picks, and he took an awful red zone defense and made them a top 40 red zone defense two years he was there. So I feel you. Like, as much as I'm going out of my way to hate on Napier, it's actually probably everything else that we mentioned that's really reflecting poorly on Florida, not this. Tony wanted to go to the league, and Austin Armstrong is um, a fine replacement. Uh, as we will see. 
Uh, other SEC coordinator news, a bit of a weird situation at LSU as uh, it's announced they're hiring John Jancic as their outside linebacker coach. Here's all I'll say about this. Um, I'm Jancic, know- just a, you want to talk about being on the, you want to talk about being on the, 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 the carousel and not getting off of it. Yeah. Jancic was our linebacker coach. Oh, wow. Colorado, he's been at, golly, I swear to God, he's been at like 50 spots in the past 10 years. I think he was at Tennessee at one point. He was at Colorado State at one point. Now he's there. I mean, he is just, when you're on the ride and you know enough people, you will always have a job unless you just yes. really F up. Especially you can, in you, the you, it's good old boys club. It's a good old boys club. Well, especially in the analyst age, right? Like there's always jobs yeah. So to to your point, here's Jancic's last 10 years. Cincinnati, Tennessee, South Florida, Kentucky, Colorado State, Georgia, LSU. Um, now yeah. he's going to be outside linebackers coach, and I think he's gonna get the title of special teams coach, but yeah, what's that? I thought he's special teams coach. Years, so, so that's the thing, though. In over 20 years, he's never coached special teams. And from talking to some yeah. reporters, LSU may do a bit of coach by committee. Like like the analysts may be kind of be in charge of special teams. And then like game day, Jancic's going to take care over it. I'll know more tomorrow. But that's where Bob Diaco comes in. Now, I wasn't fully aware of who Bob Diaco was. This is a cat who was at Nebraska um, as their defensive corner. He was the UConn head coach. He did pretty awful at both jobs, but he's just been hired as an LSU analyst. Apparently, Diaco interviewed for special teams, didn't get it, but may have actually kind of got it. None of that matters. The real This was all just a reason to bring up Bob Diaco because we may have, finally, a coach that is giving Marcus Freeman a run for his money as best-looking coach in all of college football. Uh, Brum, if you could bring up the video evidence here and let chat see what they think about Bob Diaco. Mm. Okay, and that's a young Diaco right there. I'm not even going to say that's his strongest pick, Brom. Keep keep funneling through them here. I don't like him in a traditional suit. It's, these All these pictures will be on. Yeah, there we Look go. Look at this. Very dude. strong, you know, T. Maybe on T-Bob's wall tonight. Uh, do you know who Jonathan Groff is? Uh, Aaron, do you ever watch Mindhunter? On Netflix, oh yeah, Very oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. reminds me of. Okay, he he looks like um, he looks like. Yeah, he's also actually the voice of Kristoff uh, in Frozen, and I believe he played King George. Uh, yeah, I think he was King George in Hamilton on Broadway as well. And he's also LSU's new special teams coach, reportedly. I mean, look at this coaching fit right here. It's business casual on the sideline. Somebody said he stepped straight out of the LSU Death Valley Suites and onto the sideline. My man's looking good. When was uh, he head coach at UConn? I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, but it did not go well. And he has did, – did, Brum, you didn't happen to see the video that I linked in the side piece, did you? It's Diaco giving off sure some incredible Les Miles energy. Okay, it doesn't matter. Um, here's all I'll say. I'll let him stick his Diaco in me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. And we're done. I was like – that was like ten minutes of setup just to get that joke out. I, I know it was. <laughs> that's why. That's why we're done. <laughs> oh man, uh, love y'all. Very Hide much. your children. Hide your children. I hope you all have a great day. Thank you. For you know what that reminds me of? It's the uh, everything everywhere movie. When all yeah. of a sudden, one of the things they have to do is jump on that thing. The two guys, you're just like, wow, yeah. that, took a, that took a massive turn really fast. Okay, but how, dude, how Everything all at once. It pegs your heart. 
Uh, yeah, it does. It, really it does peg your heart with yeah. giant sausage mm-hmm. fingers and, and, and dildos. Yeah. Uh, what did Weird. you think? Give me a grade. Give me a grade on everything everywhere all at once. I give it an A. I, I have to I have to watch it again. I was telling T before the show. My wife and I are so exhausted by like 830. And that's when we decided to watch the movie like idiots. So like it took us three nights to actually finish it because we kept falling asleep. We loved so it. Have a great movie. We were just dead ass, <laughs> just dead ass tired. So okay, don't actually, take us falling asleep on it. Just take us like we're just two parents dealing with a 13 week old and a two and a half year old who are dead ass tired by 8 30 9 o'clock at night so like we need to find a night where we're not tired and kind of rewatch it but for the three night marathon it was a really really good movie so that I is cried. something that i, I did actually cry. i did cry. I, I cried Which, too i cried too it's yeah, so I good cried. but but like that's that's what i loved about that movie i cried out of sadness i cried out of happiness mm-hmm. and i cried from yeah. laughter like i think yeah. it got me in all three ways uh I, and, and aaron you raise a great point just because you as especially as you get older just because you fall asleep at something does not make it bad okay nope. i have fallen asleep I, I reached an age at a certain point where i just fall asleep in movies now especially if i <laughs> lean my seat too far back like if i go back like past 45 degrees i'm fucking uh, done and it yeah. has nothing to do with the quality <laughs> of the movie it just is what it is man we're, we're old you need them z's we are old. yeah tired and have kids uh oh. well aaron you have a great day you have a good radio show. Uh, huge thank you to our wonderful team here at Snaps. Um, Paul Farron and Pat Gunner, Ryan Brumley, Danny Carnes, Adam Gracia. We thank you so much. We love you so much. Paulie Walnuts has been handed out some college basketball winners mm-hmm. as of late. Maybe we'll start to bring those on air as well. Yeah. Uh, you can sign up for FanDuel. Use the promo code SNAPS if you want to get engaged there uh hit the like button if you're watching on youtube.com slash the volume and wherever you listen to pods man if you like it and you want a great way to help us out if you rate it and review it spotify apple whatever that helps spread it out among the people so please review it share it with your college football friends help spread the good words of snaps we love you and we'll see you tomorrow for a brand new snaps live nation presents concert week now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.